welcome everybody out there to Divorce Devil, episode 22. It's been a while since we've been on the mic, but I've got a special treat today. My buddy and friend and cohort and wingman, Curtis Moore. I've known Curtis for 25 years? Almost 30. Closer to A long-ass time. Uh, we got we hung out together. We got married around the same time. I told him don't do it. And uh, we got divorced about the same time. But he's been divorced a little bit longer than me. I've been divorced eight years. Are you 10? 10. Dang. And I've known you more than 30 years. Sure? Yes. Well, close to 30. Anyway, so we're not going to mishmash those those years. But we're going to help people out there. Uh, if you're thinking about having a, going through a divorce or in the middle of divorce, in a divorce, we're going to touch on those three subjects. The beginning middle and end of a divorce. Curtis, what you got to say? Hey. Oh, oh, tell everybody hi out there. Hey, everybody. Just, uh, I guess, uh, people sometimes have to face divorce. They don't intend it when they get married, but it happens. And, uh, hopefully, uh, it's for the best as you go through things, but it's definitely a major change in one's life. Do you stay for the kids? Um, do you stay together for the kids? Big question. I, I think the question is more, the, the short answer is no. I think the, um, the bigger answer is, you know, you got to look at the family. So it's not just about the kids. There's different components. There's, you know, the relationship with your wife. There's the kids. There's a financial plan. And a lot of times it's, you know, those are the objective elements. And, and it's really hard to kind of make those decisions that are best financially, emotionally, spiritually, and parentally. That includes the kids because the kids see that conflict. Oh yeah. And I did not want uh, my kids to kind of see a loveless relationship. And I think that was my biggest, biggest, uh, reason for moving on okay so once you once you figure out the, that you're going to pull that trigger you know there's because i tell people that you try everything to fix it try to stay together i mean try everything but once you figure it out that, that you got to do it you got to do it you got to make that move you can't be like him and Han. you got to make that move and and i think you'll try to make that move as amicably as possible because like you said the kids see you know, no matter how, how old the kids are. And there was one thing they talked about divorce recovery where they thought that the kids were too young. I mean, kids are smart. They know. They know what's going on. Yeah. So I, you probably have the statistics better than I do down, but, um, I think, uh, about 50% of marriages mm-hmm. end up in a divorce. And I think yeah. it is a reality. And, uh, no matter how well you plan, I personally waited till I was older in life to get married. And, uh, thinking that, uh, I would be more kind of, uh, along my axis of life. And, but I married somebody much younger. And, and that's, that was a challenge. But when you look at the kids, um, it's important to set a good example for them that there is life after divorce if that yeah. happens. But also to make sure that you've got to still raise these kids. Their kids yep. are counting on their mom and their dad. And I saw a level of dysfunction in my parents that got divorced. And that's something I want to touch on real quick. You and I are both our double generational divorce. Yep. Yep. 
That's a that's a badge, man. That's a huge badge. Yeah. That's like that's like two failures. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. definitely uh, could be unwound. I yeah. think with uh, on a couch with a psychotherapist or something <laughs> like that. But you or know, some tequila. <laughs> Um, I think some people do self-medicate that way, but, uh, I think really, um, I think the focus for me going through my divorce was on my kids and making sure that they came out of this hole and they had the coping skills and, and no, notice that although mom and dad are no longer married, uh, it's the mom and dad are both dedicated. Still raising you, raising still the love kids. you. And, All that stuff. And going out of our way to eliminate the politics of what's going on. So they saw kind of the positive side of coming out of the divorce. Yeah, it's um I think the hardest part for me of my divorce was the kids. Not not having not seeing the kids every day because we did a co parenting where we did one week on, one week off. So they were with me for a week on change on Sunday, they're with her for a week change on Sunday. And that was that was a hard thing to get used to, but on the other side of the coin, which was very funny, and I felt so bad for a long time, is some of those weeks I couldn't wait for them to leave. <laughs> I was like, man, I loved you guys, but I cannot wait for you to get the heck out of here. So I, I kind of felt bad, but then I came to grips with it because it was just that teenage thing. You know, yeah. I love you when I see you, and I miss you when you're gone, but you got to go next week. Well, I, I conversely loved the time with my kids, yeah. and... Um, still, still love hanging out with them. They're, they've become my best friends. And, you know, uh, my, my son is, uh, you know, has a wife and a child now and I'm watching them grow up and I hope they stay together. But if, um, if uh, the clouds come over that, that marriage, hopefully they, they know that they can ra- still raise that great, precious child together in life. So we, we've tried to partner, I guess, post divorce. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've seen some other divorces where they just can't talk and can't, and you know, it's just still much anger and, uh, toxicity. And, um, and, and, you know, the, we, we are kind of, we have gone through our divorces and similar paths, but oh, yeah. I think the post, the post process has been very different. Uh, although yeah. there are a lot of similarities with the types of women we married, um, I have gone out of my way even Though there's been some tremendous uh, um, backlashes from her in terms of uh, trying to cripple, uh, I've been very pot remained positive. You, you get kudos from me, man, because you've been through some stuff. You were cool and and calm, and you did some stuff that I couldn't do. Nightmare on Elm Street. So I have to give you kudos on that. You know, some of the stuff you went through, and you remain calm. That but, was that but, was tough for me. But you know, fact, David, it, it was tough for me to be calm. You, you, but but my kids get it. Yeah. Cause they, they processed all that. Yeah. They know. And they're, in, they're right and, in the middle of and, it. And in the end now, they're yeah. the ones, we're the ones that have a great relationship. Yeah. We're the ones that are in each other's lives. And it's the, the cream always rises to the top. And, uh, you know, we are, we are bonded through our experiences. Those were difficult times. We made it through. Oh, and, yeah. um, I think one way or another through, you know, God's <clears throat> will or just being, being kind of level-headed and kind of know, being sensitive to my kids and trying to p- prepare them to go through life in a positive outlook. Uh, we have a great relationship today. So post, you put your kids' needs in front of your needs, basically? Um, 
I put your kid's future needs. Are I, I removed needs. Yeah. the emotional element of yeah. the divorce to know that I was their father and that we are still family. Man, and that is huge. I, I never heard it put that way before that you remove the emotional element, which makes it a common divorce. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where bad decisions are made. Bad things are said. If, if one person is screaming, that's not really an argument. If two people are screaming, then the argument continues. Yeah, and the yeah. kids, and the kids, you know, they they shy away from the negativity, and uh, it's like uh, the moth to flame. Is that yep. is that your uh, mantra? That's my mantra. Moth and, to a flame. Uh, you know that that flame should be uh, positive, and uh, the darkness is the uh, toxicity toxicity of negativism. You know, going through a divorce and going through the the uh, lawyer phase, and and I tell people, you know, try to be above board, try to be fair, because karma is a bitch. Karma yeah. will always, and karma always comes. You know, the universe always writes itself. It doesn't happen right away. Doesn't happen when you want it, but eventually karma comes. Yeah, and I, I think uh, if if there are people listening to this podcast there are there are people listen to this podcast okay <laughs> if <laughs> off there the board. Are when when people listen to this podcast um and and they're going through and they're going they're they're just so overwhelmed with with everything i think step back focus on your kids try to focus on the finances understand that uh you can you know if the inevitable point is a divorce why why draw it out why why try to get all emotionally caught up and have huge attorney bills i you know i was fortunate enough to say okay you wanted the divorce then here's how it's going to go down i'll buy you a house i'm keeping my house so you were able we'll to dictate the, the terms almost and we'll you know we won't do attorneys and um, we saved ourselves a ton of cash. I don't know about what you pay for legal fees. A but ton of cash. If you're divorced and you're you're 10 years later out of a divorce or even 20 years, and you could have taken that money and invested it in Apple stock <laughs> or or what's that <laughs> E-Trade commercial? Don't yeah. get mad, just get E-Trade. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not only that, your two kids look up at too and they're – they get out. They get through a very traumatic point in their lives, whole faster. So that's just my advice on that. So uh, now, I mean, uh, post divorce, David, um, how's your how's your social relationships? You know, one of the things that I talk about with with uh, clients or podcasting partners, whatever, is is trying not to take the seemingly less toxicity from one relationship into the next relationship, you yeah. know, and, and that's tough sometimes because you know, that, that, that turns on expectations and consequences and all those things. But you, tr- but you have to not, once you're done with one, you gotta let it go. So I got a story for you. Uh Oh, this better uh, be good. Uh, I remember, uh, is it G? Yeah, it's G. Okay. Darn. I'm pretty G. Yeah. Uh huh. So, um, <laughs> so I had, uh, I, I decided to, the divorce is final. I, I was used to having a companion in my life and I really wanted that 
as part of my life. I wanted to heal and move forward. So I got on a social site in uh, Match.com and started dating and uh, came across a profile that I thought was just great for me. I'm a skier. I'm backpacker. I fly fish. I'm outdoorsman but i also like uh theater and and concerts and nice restaurants and wine and and uh, sporting events and this woman i found attractive and kind of a good kind of like a, a soulmate kind of like i reached out to her and one of her first questions was how long have you been divorced and uh i said uh eight months but it's been dead for years yeah and she says uh Get a hold of me in about five years. I don't date anybody who's been divorced, hasn't been divorced for more than five years. Did you call her? I was, no, I didn't. But uh, I was, um, I was somewhat offended because I said, you don't know me. And, uh, but in high, in retrospect, I think that was really good advice. And I tell that to a lot of my friends because there is baggage from a marriage and you need to heal first and you need to really become yourself before you move on. You're going to say something? I do believe that, but I still think in some way, shape, or form, you got to have a rebound. You you got to go through that crazy psycho relationship, that first relationship after that divorce. You know what I'm talking about. You got to go through it, and it's got to be crazy, and it's, and it's got to be stupid, but you got to go through it. You got to pay your dues. It's inevitable that yes. you will have some oh, crazy oh my God. relationships, yes. but oh, I yes. think- for those folks that want to get married again, I mean, I there say what? I'm sorry, what? If if you do want to get married, you really need to kind of remove yourself and check yourself, focus on yourself, and 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 realize who you are because you're very different coming out of a marriage and when before you got married <laughs> through some different. of the experiences yes. of life. You're older. You're hopefully wiser, but you're also not one to go meet people, you know, at the club when I was single before with my wingman man Doc Webb. <laughs> <laughs> or the hot tub hot tub parties. Hot tub parties, yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Um you know, they talk about accepting your new reality and and that new reality is part of the healing process. You know, you have maybe a new place to live, the kids are in new school, the parenting process of parenting the kids. So there's all this new reality that you deal with. So you do have to focus on yourself and you do have to heal. And, and people heal at different rates, at different levels and different rates. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, some just don't heal. Oh God. Yes. There's a few out there. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, I guess you can talk about red flags on your first date. The first date is a red flag, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> the whole date's a red flag, but you go know, ahead. Go but ahead. you know, it, you'll uh, I've I've had a lot of you know first dates and oh, uh, oh oh first dates okay first dates in general not the first date okay gotcha okay so so what are so what are some of the red flags in dating after getting divorced on that first date or I call it the uh, meet and greet. Well, yeah, meet and greet is exactly what you want to do. You want to meet somebody and you want to kind of understand who they are and what, you know, what their interests are. And if the conversation tends to go on and on about a very nasty divorce, you know, it's, uh, it becomes somewhat, uh, limited in the dimensions of that individual. So you know, that's, uh, that's one. 
And then uh, two is just, you know, how uh, some folks may be very angry at uh, the opposite sex or not, or, or have walls up to the point where they're very defensive about okay. relationships. And, uh, you know, that's why I think it takes time to kind of heal and become, become a woman or a man. Again. What about some other red flags? Come on, give me some other, give me some good ones, some good red flags. Well, sometimes, uh, people may, um, have, uh, some dependencies, uh, alcohol or drugs or something like that. Um, I've dated a couple people that had drinking challenges and, uh, you know, they're great, great at one time and then mm-hmm. it's tough the other time. You know, it's almost like when you date someone you date, you know, is your drama, and I use the drama loosely, is, is your drama bigger than a bread box, uh, big as a pod, or big as a Mayflower van? And, you know, you can never tell sometime until you actually date that person. You know, you, you might not be able to tell that first date. But, but eventually, I always say you can't hide crazy very long. But some people can hide crazy three months, six months, nine months, a year. But I've never met anybody high crazy longer than a year. Because crazy comes out. Uh, my my uh, my good friend, the doctor, always analyzing, and and uh, that's that's somewhat of a difference because I will kind of give a chance to kind of see how that whole little bit of crazy is is out there in all of us. I think, but um, oh yeah, it, it's it's uh, I will usually let peel the layers of the onion back to see really what's where the heart of that onion is. And, uh, whereas I think you in past, uh, discussions we've had, you, you, Bam, you see I'm it done. and you're gone. <laughs> She's you're crazy. Gone. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I, and I think that might also be some of the, the things that might have parallels to maybe previous relationships mm-hmm. or your ex-wife. Well, I'm going to start peeling back the layers. Okay. That's, that's, that's my new mantra. Yeah. Peel back the layers. Cause I think as we are, are now in the, uh, the new 40s, right? Yeah. Um, well, you're in the new 40s and a half, but I'm in the new 40s. <laughs> I can still take that. <laughs> but but uh, I, I would like to find a companion. The, the world of dating, uh, dating serially or, or, or by the seasons or whatever, it's, 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 I like to build memories and I have built memories with my children and yeah. we have some great memories. You want to build memories with and, a new person, with someone have, else to build memories forever. Someone to change your depends. That's what I want. I want someone changing my depends. <laughs> I'm not I close wanna, to the, I, I want to, hey, hey, but this, hey, plan for the future. I, I think, uh, planning someone, for the future. Someone to peel back yeah, the layers. Someone to travel together, to be able to, you know, I just got back from Hawaii and I go to Hawaii by myself. Yeah. She should have took me. Uh, I was, uh, <laughs> not I'm totally blown off. Bearded clam. <laughs> Come here, fool. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I had, I had an incredible experience and, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's there are some great stories to tell, tell and share, but it's nothing like you sharing know, it with somebody. Going on a helicopter tour, going over the lava flows of Kilauea, or seeing the sunset on the Kona side, you know, with palm trees, or hanging out at this you know really nice pad on the Four Seasons 
listen mm-hmm. to music and, you know, just wishing that you could share it with somebody. It's so what you say is you still have hope. There's hope out there. Oh, I absolutely, I, I absolutely know that. I still have hope. You know, I have some hope. people, some people I talk to sometimes think I don't, but I do have hope. Do have hope. Yeah, as long, as long as you don't do that. As long as you're not crazy. <laughs> I'm out of here. I, I hate you. I, I think I see some crazy there. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm gonna protect yeah. myself. Oh, hey, it's almost like the Highlander, man. You know, McLeod, chop off the head. There you go. So, so David, you've had a lot of podcasts. What do what do what do you think women think of post divorce recovery? You've heard my viewpoint. What about well, from some of the ones I've done. Um, uh, you know, where women are mostly more emotional than men are. Uh, they, they do have the hopes of, of finding a new mate. They do tend to date quicker than men do after a divorce. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they get out there and get after it where men are a little shyer. Cause, you know, we haven't been out there in a while. You know, we gotta dust off our wings, you know, take these broken wings. We got, we, we gotta figure it out. But, you know, women, once, once again, Women have the power. So, so talking about dating faster, this kind of reminds me of a movie plot that I heard somebody talking about. <laughs> a post, what was that? Post apocalypse. No, uh, it was a post divorce uh, crasher meeting crasher. D- divorce recovery crasher. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. We can turn that, by idea. Come that, on. That, that's that's kind of that's kind of yeah. got some. Uh, it's kind of edgy. And we would have to go. Yeah. So, but but back to the women though. Back. Back to the women. So some of my guests and some of my friends talk about it. They say that men are more, as opposed to women, men are more apt to fall in love quicker. Like second, third date, boom. Not us, of course, because we're not that guy. Where women are more guarded. So women women get get on it faster, but men fall faster. Because they're trying to find somebody to substitute that ex-wife sometimes, you in know, general, I, not I, all the time. I, I got to tell you, um, I've dated a few women. No way. Since, since I've been divorced. No way. And How I many? found- How many? I found that some of the women I meet are looking more for, like, I think probably financial security first. And- Are we talking sugar daddy? Um, I've seen a couple. Yeah, they're really kind of looking and, and, you know, they're kind of missing the other parts. And I think, you know, sometimes, uh, to use the phrase, history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. That, um, I really think that, uh, you know, I, I've, you know, do, I'm not the most wealthy person, but I, I view wealth in different things other than just money, uh, money and, you know, uh, but more or less, um, the happiness of friends and family and, and give me, give me a stable, calm, peaceful existence versus a very chaotic situation mm. where it's, it's all about money because that's just, that's just a limited perspective, I think, of what a, a relationship is. How many times, and this happened to me, how many times have you actually gravitated to someone like your ex? I've done it a couple of times without even knowing it. Zero. Oh, I've done it a couple. Zero. I mean, uh, I've done she, a couple. She, she was very beautiful and, you know, um, and matter of fact, and, my staff had to check me once, <laughs> but I, 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 I think, uh, you know, um, I, I, I 
tend to date women closer to my age now. Um, and I really try to pre-qualify to make sure that my interests are similar to theirs or we are both flexible enough to find common ground to, to, to new interest or for me to be inter- able to do something. So I'm not a knitter. Okay. So I don't think if uh, going to like the world knitting championships mm-hmm. is something that I would do, but I, I would be open to it open if there are it. other elements like they, they, they enjoy the outdoors and then maybe we could knit. Knit outside. <laughs> <laughs> knit after a great powder day. Huh? But, knit outside. Uh, yes. But, Out on the deck. But I think the, the point is that, uh, what to, I, I, you know, I think, uh, my ex was a project. I saw her as young and I thought she was flexible and, and I asked her if these were things that she liked doing and we, we knew each other for several years before we got married. And, uh, you know, she, she just, she got older and matured and kind of found herself and we started growing apart. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think for those contemplating divorce you got to kind of look at that trajectory because if you can keep it closer together together, um i think you can find happiness with your partner um if if you just kind of trust those interests that brought you together in the first place what about deal breakers that's one of my favorite subjects (laughs) (laughs) what are curtis more there's hard deal breakers and there's soft deal breakers Hard, okay, example, hard for me is smoking. No uh, go. That, that, that is soft. Um, drinking a little bit too much, maybe, maybe a little bit too much, but there's, okay, go. I think the hard deal breaker is, um, honesty. Oh, integrity. Uh, I have dated, I, I, I'll tell you one of my shortest match dates that I really liked was this one woman. I thought it, she was great. Looked at her profile, pictures. She loved all that stuff. We talked on the phone. She lived in Colorado Springs. I live in Denver. For some reason, we could not get together for about five weeks. We talk on the phone three or four times. She traveled for her business. Things couldn't work. And we finally got together. We met in Ca- Castle Rock at a nice restaurant. I go in there and uh, I was a little late because it snowed that and the traffic in now in Denver was just bad. And I'm usually on time. And, uh, I look around, I can't see anybody and nothing that looks like the profile you saw. So I didn't see anybody. I'm looking around and kind of through the corner of my eye, somebody's trying to wave to somebody, you know, and I, you know, I kind of glanced through her and around her looking for my date and she keeps waving and I look over and I realize that this woman is waving at me and yes, David, she looked nothing like her profile and I am. I am very, very sensitive about don't judge a book by its cover. My mother's always told me that. But don't lie to me too. But when, when you're, you're looking at someone who is, is clearly not the same, is not, not even, a, I don't know what the correct term is, but, um, we had a pleasant evening. We mm-hmm. talked. I, you know, I bought her dinner and, uh, it's a nice evening, but, um, that was a showstopper. That was integrity. Now, someone says that, uh, and I saw this figure somewhere that on match.com, maybe 70% of the people on match lie about something. Um, I think age is the first yeah, thing. Age. But age doesn't, I don't care about age. Yeah. Um, as long as they're, I, I, I care about act, mind, active, you know, mind and active body. And, uh, 
you know, if you're taking care of yourself, then you probably will. But if you're lying about age, what else are you lying about? Well, there you go. You know, it's just a cascading effect. uh, Some people do that because they, they don't want to get bypassed. They feel that most men will look for women like eight years or 10 years, like half their distance a year and plus eight, I think is the rule. And so they'll, they'll try to, they'll try to kind of expand their, their offerings. (laughs) <laughs> expand uh, their offer yeah but you know that's that's uh you know i will look at somebody and if they uh i don't really age is not that important to me i don't know if i want to date somebody 10 years older than me um but i as long as they're healthy and they look good from a health standpoint and they're active and they can keep up in life so another deal breaker give me another one well that's two uh, unlike you, I, I don't have the, you, you have your deal breakers. Oh, I look at, fair, I look at deal makers. Okay. So I look at the deal maker side and I'll, I'll, I'll try to weigh that versus the deal breaker. So what's a deal maker? Oh, they're active. They smart, ski, smart. They're well read. Um, they love, they love, they love the earth. They love the planet. They love, uh, going traveling and, and uh, they they laugh. They love music. You, you know, you find common. You, you find the ability to say, "Oh, this could be a very good friend." And um, that's that's where you go because it's uh, you know having good friends make you a better person, and having a great companion makes you even a better one. Sometimes you get judged by your friends. By the friends you keep. Uh, my mom said that. Yep. And your uh, mom's a learned woman. Yeah. Bless Shout you. out to mom out there. Woo-hoo. Hey, mom. Um, deal makers. Okay. Man, you're give, making me think. Me, yeah. Give me a couple. <laughs> deal makers. Uh, active. Likes to ride a bike. Even recreationally is fine. We don't have to get on big, steep. Uh, Has to ride a bike? I would like her to ride a bike. Let me jump or be in. open. Let, be open to ride a let bike. Let me jump in this. Go ahead. I always thought that I had to have somebody who could ski. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a ski patroller at Winter yep. Park. I grew up on skiing. That's different. Skiing is not riding a bike. I, I, but that's a fairly narrow. Everybody rides a bike. Requirement. Not everybody skis. And I've, I've, I've said, well, you know what? Now that's not that important. Mm-hmm. And because you're getting older and the clock's ticking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's more of they don't have to ski. They just have to allow me to be me and yep. allow me to ski and yep. maybe be game enough to go up yep. and take a book and read and all that. And it's not like, you know, I, I, I've always been, if you ask about deal breaker, I'll give mm-hmm. you one where they expect you to change. Oh, huge deal breaker. Yeah, so that's, oh, yeah. that's where, you know, oh, you're right, but I got a lot of work to do on you. That's a red flag. Yeah. Huge red versus flag. Versus trying to understand one. what makes you you. And trying to improve from there. Yeah. Yeah. So go on back. I want to hear some of your deal. Deal deal breakers. Makers. Makers. You you, you, you have more deal breakers than deal makers. I know. And that's we're the exact opposite. So so maybe I can take my breakers and 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 uh, just reverse them. They don't smoke. (laughs) 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 They're active. Um, They they engage my friends. I've been in a relationship where my friends weren't engaged. We just engaged her friends and my friends were not engaged. That's a tough one. Because your friends ask you, hey, where's your, she's busy. Yeah. No, I, and always busy. Yeah. And that's a yeah. challenge because yeah. I've, 
I've dated a, a woman on and off, and yeah. she's got some social challenges. Yeah, and I'm a very much of a social. Oh yeah, social's got to get to you. Yeah, so that's that is a challenge. Yeah, I am, but that's a good good point. Um, what's another one? Um, uh, all her teeth. Be nice. <laughs> Sounds like a dentist. <laughs> nice, nice smile. There we go. Nice smile. That's 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 always. Do good they one. have to floss every night? Um, with me, yes, yes, have to floss with me every night. Yeah, floss and brush. Yeah, that's that. Floss and that brush sounds a little Freudian. I, I'm going to change them and make them brush and floss every night. Huh. Oh. Don't go changing to try to floss me. Um, yeah. So some of those baby uh, floss back. Yeah, baby got floss. Um, you know, just just dating at this age is so interesting. There's so many dynamics. That you look for, you don't look for, that happen. People have kids, people have grandkids, people have all kinds of things. There's so many other parts. There's so much, I don't want to say collateral damage, but there's so many other parts of the engine that makes the engine tick. Tell me about your best date ever and your worst date ever. I want to hear, I want to hear the, the two, the yin and the yang. Let's start the worst date ever. So. There you go. There you go again. <laughs> negative first. That's me, baby. Negative first. So my my worst date, God, he's got me on the spot. This is my show, too. So my worst date ever is um, I met a girl at a bar here, and we kind of hit it off, and uh, we ended up going out for Chinese food a couple of nights later. And we got to the Chinese restaurant, and we're talking, and and, and everything's fine, and... and uh, I hear these sounds. Okay. And a few minutes later. And she goes, oh, excuse me. That's my stomach. I said, okay, that's that's fine. And then a few minutes later, she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. I have IBS. I said, oh, okay. That's that's cool. And, and she goes, well, Chinese food really does it to me. I said, well, we could have picked something else. You should have told me. We could have Mexican. Oh, Mexican's worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I proceeded to go to the bathroom, uh, walked to the bathroom, rather, and took my cell phone, and I, and I texted a friend. I said, dude, call me in in five minutes. So I got back to the table, and we're eating and talking and going through the <laughs> And so he called me, and I said, yes, Miss Johnson. Yes, Miss Johnson. Root canal abscess. Your face is swollen. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> I gotta remember that. One. <laughs> I'll be there in, in twenty minutes. I'm Doctor Webb's assistant. I so go. I said to her, "I said, hey, I've got emergency back at the office. You know, let me take you home and we can go out another time." But she's got a swollen face and she's in a whole lot of pain. She goes, "Well, I can go with you." I said, "No, she's she's really, really not very social. So let me take you home and I'll go home and, I, and I'll talk to you later." And I talked to her a couple times after that, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. How about your best date? Best date. Oh man. I would say most of my first dates are best dates because you have that, that exciting phase, you know, that wishful phase. It's like Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's, it's like the Christmas, Christmas Eve. Oh, look at this. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's like unpeeling. What is Santa family. Claus going to bring in the morning? Yeah. Well, not the morning because it's just one day. Darn it. So most of my first dates are like that. And, but, um, so tell me of all those first dates that are like that. Just use her first name and tell me oh, what man made it on the spot. Come on. Oh man. Um, 
I would say, let's go with Rhonda. Ah, Ooh, yes. a save. Yeah. Uh, our first date was at the Soul Dove. We saw, I think, Bobby Caldwell, maybe. That's, uh, and we had dinner first and, uh, I learned a lot about her because I'd known her from before from the book club and we just, we, we just clicked and we talked and had a good time. So, yep. There you go. Enough of me. Oh, well, I was going to ask you one last question. Uh-oh. Then you can All right. have your podcast back. So, so tell me, what is your concept of intimacy? And, intimacy. and what, 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 what attracts you to it most? What elements? The elements of intimacy. Um, let's go with the physical first, the smile, the, the nice butt, the butt. If you can just, just, just walking down, you know, you're at JCPenney's and you're walking down the aisle and my hands on her butt, that's intimate. You know, like this is mine. Well, I don't own it, but (laughs) she's, she's with me. So I've never thought about intimacy at a JC Penny. <laughs> oh yeah, man. JC Penny <laughs> and Sears. Sears is the bomb, baby. Some of their fitting rooms, Monkey unbelievable. Wards. Monkey Wars. Ah, neither nah, are right. But Sears and JC Penny, oh yeah. So that um conversation, um dancing is really intimate. That's a that's a good one. Dancing. Yeah. Cause I'm a good dancer. You know, you're all right. But I'm a <laughs> I've seen you dance. Man. I'm a good dancer because I'm from Kansas City. You do so we clear do, the floor. So we I will do, say that. You do that clear doesn't the sound floor. right. We we do do I've the Kansas City two step and I can dance. And I get a woman out there and that's 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 just a like a like a just like a mating dance, but you're not mating of course. So have you ever like gone out on a date and you danced with your date and she just can't dance? Yes. And, and how do you handle that? Do you like just pretend like it's, it's a baby, you know, <laughs> that, that is misbehaving and you're <coughs> ignoring it and you just kind of dance in your space, you know, or do you just try to engage her and, and pretend the emperor has no clothes? Wow. Uh, I, I, <laughs> wow. That's on the spot. Um, Usually that doesn't happen, but I, I have had it happen once or twice and I can usually get around it by dancing around her and, you know, grabbing her hands and moving her around. And, uh, taking control. Yeah. Some people just are tone deaf and they, they don't get it. I went to a, a, um, it was a, uh, concert a couple of weeks ago and the lead singer, man, she could sing, but the left and right to the beat was way <laughs> off. And I don't know how she kept the kept the singing, but it was it, it was at a point where I couldn't look at her. Like I had to look down. So you close your eyes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's like okay, don't look yeah. at her. So, so I got, I want to come back to my question and answer. Yes, please get off me, please. Thank uh, you. All right. So um, I you know I think uh you know bad dates are things I don't dwell on. Mm-hmm. Um, you let it go. A good date is uh, I think someone that laughs. That, oh man, that, humor is huge. That, you know, definitely. I, if they have a, a a laugh that you know you can like and enjoy, yeah. um, I, I think that's one attractive things. I mean, um, <clears throat> I uh, you know I think also if they look they look you in the eye and and they're, you know you you can they're sincere and you know I think the sincerity that you can tell and sense. Um, I think some of the warning signs is somebody that spends their time with their cell phone right on there. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I got to get yep. this. And, and, and they're just 
distracted or obsessive compulsive about emails, texts, or phones. In- intimacy can also be a look. Just that that one look that you know you're gonna tear it up that night. Yes. You're gonna get some. Look you're gonna you. knock. You don't drop the. You're gonna break your foot off in it and have veins and arteries everywhere. It's you, like, yeah, you, you're such a caveman. Yeah, caveman. Oh, cave, caveman, caveman. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, you know, the answer, the answer I would give on the intimacy piece is um, the ability to be two people on a planet alone, and this could be dinner. This could be in a restaurant or the patio by the pool with like one candle and great music going by and, and there's just, it's just the two of you and you're just, just radiating energy. Mm. Um, I, you know, I think I've had a, I've been blessed with a few moments of, oh, yeah. of that and, and it's one of those things you just know that it's a Kodak moment in the memory of your soul. So, um, when you meet, when you're able to build those, that's what makes somebody special and stand out in the single world. And it's, it's, uh, you know, I think there's a challenge in the single world where I'm wondering, do I really want to get married again? I like to, but I think there's so many challenges with, you know, where you are financially and, yep. and, you know, um, are you somewhat close? You know, my, I don't necessarily have to have somebody that makes the type of money I make. But you want to have somebody that's financially responsible. Doesn't bring so because to the, you know to the financial the, world. well yeah because you you know I'm not planning on working my whole life and uh, you want to be able to live smart frugally and still travel and enjoy the benefits um, that you can living a healthy lifestyle. So you know I'm a, I think I'm ahead of the game with most people on on you know keeping my body except for my knees young. I have a friend that tells me constantly, she says that people come into your life for a reason. Even if it was a bad time, they taught you what you don't want to accept or or they taught you. So it's almost like negative learning. You know, they taught you something that and you have to thank them for teaching you that negative learning, even though it wasn't positive. So everybody has a part. Everybody has a lane that comes into your life and teaches you something. Yeah, I I would almost rephrase that, David, to say that. Every experience should be a learning experience to yeah. make you a better person. And uh, alongside those bad experiences or bumps in the road, oh, there are vistas ahead. And uh, I, I would urge those folks going through your divorce recovery class to just take it slow. One step at a time, you'll get through the quagmire. You'll get above sol- onto solid ground. You'll find your legs, your, your land legs again. And then you'll be able to find a song in your heart again to borrow that song from Quincy Jones. No, no, well, Bob James. That was Bob James. We're going to close with that because we'll be here all day talking about this. Hey. But Curtis, thank you for coming hey. by. That Doc, was, that was pleasure, fun. man. We've been talking about this for years. Oh, yeah. Look for our movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Divorce Recovery Crasher. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> coming to a theater near you. All right, everybody. Have a nice night. Bye-bye.